Welcome to Talking in Stations, recording live. I'm your guest host, Carneros. Matterall is away on assignment. The lifeblood expansion has arrived, and New Eden is in transition. Markets have reacted, stockpiles have been counted and carefully unlocked. They're starting to be used. Player star bases are starting to be taken down, with one small hiccup there for a day, but we won't talk about that. And mining platforms are being built. Some of them are dying and some of them are being put up. Today, there are very few good places to refine your ore into minerals, but this is just a short moment in the transition as new structures are going up as we speak. How are you handling this transition to this new world? What adjustments have you made so far? And let's also ask our panel and our guests. And also let's just see where stuff is happening in New Eden for those who aren't the target audience for any of the lifeblood changes. You know, some things don't change for some people. Before we do that, if you'd like to support this show, please visit patreon.com slash matterall, M-A-T-T-E-R-A-L-L. Your pledges help keep the sponsored interruptions away. And to those listeners that have pledged, thank you very much. Uh, joining me on the panel today, we've got our financial markets expert and co-host, Caleb, from SCC Lounge, and a financial group. Please say hello, Caleb. Hey, people. Thank you. We want the listeners to have a chance to hear your voice and associate it with you. Also on the panel today helping me is Mr. Seamus Donahue, Professor, Eve University. Hello. Thank you. Um, okay, and our guest today from, um, uh, we've got the famous pandemic region military leader, member of Shadu's Northeastern SWAT Corporation, uh, Killa B. Please say hello, sir. Hey, what's up? McLeod, please say channel. Uh, we also have uh, a famous uh, Brave Newbies Logi pilot, disruptive soundboarder, although I hate to say that because he might, drama sino inhibitor, Mr. Dunk Dinkle. <laughs> and just joining us now, but having a little bit of technical difficulty, uh, is, is Sister Bliss, CEO of The Initiative. He'll be on in a second. He hasn't quite clicked the right button. Uh, if you could reach out to him, that would help. Oh, there you are. Uh, say hello, Sister Bliss. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. Your timing, impeccable. So today we're talking about how New Eden is reacting to the changes. And we're also, uh, and just any other player news going on right now. Not everything that got implemented this week has yet occurred and shown up in game. Uh, but some of it has. And let's react to that first. First of all, there were some uh, nice quality of life changes. Uh, I didn't realize this at first. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't obvious to me until it went live. But isotopes have been halved in size. You can now fit more isotopes into your capital ship fuel bay. That's nice. It kind of lets you fit a little bit more. Ah, I love it. Yes. Quality of life for me. I appreciate it. Uh, and then um, your your gate destination's security status is now visible on overview. Can come in handy, especially when you're right on the edge between uh, null sec and low sec or low sec and high sec. Um, how many days in corp 
is now displayed in your corporate history. Helpful. Yeah, and then all the shadow stuff that the uh, the little little matters uh, team is actually rolling out. Uh, they even managed to fix a little thing in the wallet, which is very novel. Daring to touch that stuff. What what is that? I didn't see that. Uh, the um, uh, where you put in uh, the name of uh, uh, when when you do the search um, in the wallet for specific items, that bar is actually now following the size of the entire window. Ah, okay, cool. So you can actually read what you've written. We also have uh, some of our first Athenors showing up on the uh, killboard. I don't know if you can throw that link up. But actually got a first Athenor kill. I was impressed. I must be two at least now, if not more. One died right before the big... Uh... The big capital brought in Losik yesterday, and one what? died in Pravi during its like initial fifteen minute whatever window. So oh, no, no, a no. couple now. Dozens have died, actually. Dozens. Yeah. But there's always but there's also been one kill, one thing killed by an Athenor so far. Oh, okay. Oh whatever. I th- that cracks me up. Z kill is to say in what, twenty seven lost? Yeah, sounds right. They don't seem yeah. to show up in the Citadel thing yet. Like in Ezekiel and in the Citadel, uh, whatever. I can't see them, so I'm probably not there yet. Hmm. All right, and I don't, I don't think we've seen any Tataras yet. Well, the first Tataras came out of build today. It wasn't possible to have one before, so the first ones should have been like anchored or online or whatever today after downtime. So they'll show up tonight. <laughs> yeah, probably the first ones will show up like tomorrow, tonight, or whatever. Obviously. For those wondering what we're talking about. The uh, Athenor is the medium-sized drilling platform refinery, and the uh, large is called the Tatara. Assuming I'm pronouncing them correctly, which I might not be. Yeah, I'm probably right. I mean, th- these names are again one of those. I always wonder where CCP comes up with their names for all that stuff. I really like the new moon mineral names as well, especially Yitterbite. This is awesome. Yeah, uh, that has to be an homage to Yitterbium. That would be my guess. But um, so we've got we've got a bunch of new stuff coming online, but some of it that hasn't yet. The Tataras aren't up yet, but any day now. And then the first uh, the first fracking hasn't happened yet either. Um, if you if you immediately put up your uh, your Athenor and immediately set up your drill and shot it and set it for the shortest possible duration. It's still going to be later in this week, close to next weekend, before you get your first opportunity to actually explode one and try out your, the mining. But yeah, it's that's right. Soon. People are excited. Minimal duration is six days. In addition, um, other parts that we haven't really tried out yet in Lifeblood. Um, I, so far, I believe the first Garista's shipyard has not yet been scanned down. At least no one's come forward yet about it. I'm looking over at the Twitch stream chat, and I want to see if uh, if any of our viewers in there listening to the show live uh, know anything yet about the first Garista's shipyard. Oh, none have been found. That's right. We've been looking for them, but they have not been found yet. Not enough tryhards. As someone who has personally spent time scanning down Blood Raider shipyards, it's a pain in the butt. It's, it's a lot of work. 
Oh, and of course, uh, all the new reaction methods are going to start activating because people have been moving their stuff around, right? The raw moon goo is going to be reacted now again. Yeah, the reactions are underway now if people have the Athenors set up for that. Well, some people were prepared in advance. There was a fun tweet I saw this week on Twitter from one of our guests, actually. Let me see if I can get the, the thing to show up. McLeod, can you make that show up in the uh, Twitch panel? But yeah, you can, you'll see that uh, Dunk Dingle was running around getting ready, just like I was. And uh, I saw that, and uh, I laughed, and uh, I can relate. Well, I think there was a subset of people that were planning for literally months trying to buy things cheaply and stock it and do all the math. And there was a bunch of people, like in the last week, it was suddenly, uh, oh, I'm going to buy some stuff for this. And prices spiked and people were cornering markets. It was uh, pretty fun to watch the the stuff. And the jaded, uh, well-prepared bitter vets were just smiling and nodding and going, of course, they do this every time. It's a lot of fun. Well, they did change some of the materials on some of the rigs at the in the very last week, which uh, for those of us that didn't have you know an extra trillion to throw at this uh, was uh, disheartening. Yeah, and that you know I've had people, uh, I you know plenty of people in my alliance who had no idea any of this was going on, and you know blissfully typing away in the last few hours in, in alliance chat saying where where can we where's where do I refine my minerals? And I'm like, uh, dude. Yeah. Lifeblood? What's that? Yeah. So there's always a few like that. So one one thing that everyone was expecting was that the markets would go crazy. That uh, not just the minerals and uh, materials would spike, but so would the products of Tech2 uh, stuff. So... Caleb, have you uh, have you seen any of any evidence of the markets going wild? Yeah, it, it's all been moving for uh, about a week or so, um, and it's kind of starting to settle. Um, I think uh, some of the first early in speculators are now slowly starting to offload a little bit of uh, of, of moon goo. Um, so they're basically they're starting from uh, least refined, and then uh, they will hold on to the most refined stuff. So. Things like hulls are going to uh, start moving up in price because people are going to hoard them and, and not start selling them yet, right? And um, of course, you've seen about, well, between 50 to about 150% increase in all of the things related to uh, Tech 2 production. So all the way from uh, Moon Goo to components and, and all the way up. And uh, um, mods for uh, ships, Tech 2 mods, uh, are all about doubling in price now and they're running low in uh, in Gita. Uh, components are almost uh, drained, the, the remaining stock. So we're going to have to wait the week or two until they start coming in again. Yeah, at one point somebody literally bought out all the sabers in Gita, every single one, except for like the 300 million troll ones. So, yeah, but they waited uh, the very long. Back down. Yeah, I, I don't know, but somebody has a lot of sabers right now and the prices are still high. And then for like T2 Logi ships, things that people really need, those are still sky high right now. Yeah, so now you're just seeing all the prices are just trickling down into the uh, dependencies. So eventually you're going to start seeing some of the hits uh, going into things like uh, invention and data cores and stuff like that. I don't know how much, I do think that that's pretty well stocked. So it's not going to be a huge impact. 
but it is always going to follow a little bit on the uh, composition uh, of build cost. The only thing that's uh, now uh, a little bit sad is that the, the, the strain on minerals is not going to be that high, uh, or at least people don't expect it to be that high. So it's actually the lower end minerals have, uh, have started tanking. To be expected. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't think that it's necessarily correct. I do think that uh, there's a good opportunity to get in there because when the labor starts moving, uh, you will see a strain, and uh, maybe not as big as people expected, but it should hit. Uh, people will not be very happy to mine the low end stuff when they have the option to to go for moon uh, materials. I've been having uh, alliance members coming to me asking, "Where can I have a moon to?" set up a drilling platform and and uh, which moons should I go for and they and they'll talk through some of their strategy in front of me and some of the things that they'll say is well maybe I should go for a, a lower end mineral type thing or a mid-range one because those areas will be opportunities on the short term while people are all focused on r64s and stuff like that yeah so, it's just a matter of how much stockpile is is already uh, in the investors hands and how long can that buffer actually last? Uh, some of the things that uh, Tuzzy was saying in uh, the earlier show is that we don't really, we won't see any huge moves or developments until like three, four weeks out. So do we have enough on stock to supply the markets for that long? I don't know. Uh, uh, I suspect that, uh, that there's plenty of big investors that have uh, materials, but it's just, will they sell it at the low end price? Uh, so I do think that the, uh, you're going to see a bit of spiking on uh, the low-end minerals, and then you might see a little bit of tanking on the high-ends because I think it's a little bit over-speculative. I do think there's plenty of, of high-end minerals available now. Another thing that the price is spiking on right now are the very first Athenors and Tataras on the market in Jita. If you didn't prepare at all, you can walk in right now, sell a bunch of Plex, buy... Uh, Buy your items right now off the shelf and go drop them like you're a boss. Well, it does look as if it's normalizing pretty fast. I know that Killer was talking about it earlier that the, uh, he was putting one up and compared to build cost in the what, 13 billion range, it's already at uh, 19. So I do think that it's going to normalize at one point, uh, sorry, 16 or 15 billion. You guys buy killers now before the price comes down. And then, um, but there are some bargains out there right now. I've, I've seen some bargains in the area of ship skins. You can, uh, like, one of the things that just started back up is the Crimson Harvest. They do this every year at around Halloween season. The idea being that Blood Raiders are a little bit like zombies, which are a little bit like Halloween creatures and it fits the theme in terms of what you could do with new eden lore oh i said lore on this show <laughs> but uh the crimson um the uh the crimson stuff has skins that it drops and those usually come out um in uh in enough quantity that you can get ones for your ships at a reasonable price on the g market love that the uh the skill accelerators also are back Love those. They're not quite cheap yet, but they're uh, they're around. And remember to add that to your shopping list to pick up for your characters. Your your high skill point characters can benefit wonderfully from those uh, on a way that they can't from the the little skill injectors. 
So one thing about those, they made a mistake and uh, you can't search for them on the market itself just yet. So there's none of them for sale on the market. They're only up on the contracts. And uh, even on the contracts, they weren't available to search for on contracts until I think this downtime that just happened. So you can get them on contracts right now, but be care be careful of the scams, a bunch of expired stuff people are trying to uh, sell, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, there's there's some work that has to be done on the back end when you set up the item uh, to, to make a market listing for it or it won't show up in the market. Uh, and uh, apparently, I don't know if that got left off or that was intentional, but uh, I'm hoping they add a market listing to it so it'll show up in there. And it looks like the Blood Raider Covenant stuff and the Crimson Harvest stuff both drop the Headhunter skins. Is that, am I right on that? Yeah, they dropped the Subcapital Headhunter skins. Uh, you can't get the Avatar Nyx Hell ones of the events. You can only get those by uh, buying them with Plex, which are really the ones you want to have, right? I mean, the Oracle one looks really cool. Don't get me wrong, but... At the end of the day, you wanna you wanna put that on the avatar on the hell. Those skins look really good on those ships, so gonna have to eventually buy them with uh, with Plex, I guess, if you want them. And, and if they do it the way, same way they did it with Crimson Harvest, they're not gonna be available when the event's over. So yeah, I got my skin okay. for the hell. Let's put it that way. Well, then the question you ask yourself is, do I buy an extra to put on the market later? Uh, when they're not available the thing is they they might rise in value like if you look at the uh, i'm not really sure which skin it is there's like one skin for the knicks or something that is sitting at like 30 bill but nobody's buying that right yeah i'm not sure if you're going to get rid of it eventually but yeah i mean it's it's not a bad idea you could always you'll always get rid of them for at least what you paid for them right you can probably uh up uh like price them up a bit when you when you don't get rid of them for 10 bill each, you're still going to get rid of them for like four or five bill each, and you still make like three bill profit on each skin. So you could probably do that, yes, if you have one, enough plex. Yeah. One of the uh, tricks I I keep in my back pocket is um, putting out expensive uh, ship skins in the last two, three weeks before Christmas for the people who are doing Secret Santa things, because some of the rich folks will spend money for Secret Santa gifts. That's true, yeah. Secret Santa is always uh, always coming up. It's always a really big thing in PL as well. The Secret Santa thing is, uh, yeah, lots of money is being moved around when it happens. So it's a good thing to keep in mind. Yep. Killer B, what have, what have, uh, what have you been doing to prepare for uh, or to transition for Lifeblood? Well, I mean, I, I was really eager to get the moon mining going. I'm I'm now a lot less eager when I, like, when I saw the numbers. I'm pretty unimpressed by what you make with it i'll probably run it for like one month and i'll stop doing it because it's not like worth the effort but it's still like the, the mechanics look super fun I, I like the like the animations are gorgeous i did it yesterday after downtime i shot the laser and uh yeah it was great it was it looked great it it was it was pretty fun to do but the whole like mining process is um I think you have to be basically a serious miner and you can make some really good profit off of that. Like we have one guy in PL that uh, he basically uh, is putting up or is, or is in process of putting up like 70 medium refineries on 70 different moons. And basically he's just going to chain mine moons instead of mining colossals at all. And you'll make more money and you also don't have to mine mercoxid. So it's more comfortable and more profitable. But that's like a large scale mining sort of operation, which I'm not really into. Um, I'm just going to do it with a couple of, of my friends 
Um, we have a couple of good moons. We're just going to mine them for a little bit, see what kind of money we can pull out of it. And if we feel like we don't want them anymore, we'll just sell them to some other people. I think that's an important example of uh, how much raw material is actually potentially going to be sunk out of the game uh, from the stockpiles. Because 70 here, 70 there. And then you saw that the number of blueprints, the value uh, was totaling 14.3 trillion or something like that. So, and it's a what, 100,000 moons already uh, that's available. So it's, it's a lot of material that could be sunk out of the economy. How many of you on the panel in the group here have uh, spent hours this week scanning moons? I haven't. Luckily, we have, uh, you know, as as very nicely demonstrated in the uh, in the meta shown last week, we have we have the peel peasants to do all that. BFCs don't have to do the shit themselves. So, I think the the numbers from Quant was uh, two hundred and sixty nine thousand scans were done, which is quite impressive. We had some really, really try-hard guys in PL. We have, we have one guy that's still going. He's like just literally probing all the regions in the game or something. I don't know what project he's on, but we were done with we were done with tribute, Tinol, and Vale of the Silent within the first like twenty-four hours of the of the release of the downtime, and Horde was done with Fate uh, and Pure Blind as well, really quickly. And you know, most of the north is basically completely scanned out now. Uh, I think. The the quant release that graph that like ninety five percent of the moons or ninety percent of all the moons in the game were like probed within the first twenty four hours basically. I Crazy. think that's something surprised. to be expected. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive think that's to be expected. Right? It's like a huge gold rush, you know. I, I know, I know it from, and this is this is kind of funny because in PL we had a in PL we had this huge like excitement. Everybody was like, man, I want to get this really good moon. And then everybody was like probing. And basically, it was first come, first serve, right? So if you found one of the really good moons, you could claim it. And um, everybody was just going like wild, probing their moon so they could find a good one and then claim it for themselves. And now, like a couple of days into the patch, people are starting to realize that it's not as glorious as you might think. So lots of people are like, you know, giving their moons away again or just, you know, not caring anymore basically you but get it's, excited it's fun. you get excited about the the rush land rush you know to go grab something it's like black friday sale at walmart to use an american uh, cultural reference uh, but then you get in there and get to them and you realize i don't know if i even really want this you know thing that i rushed up for i risked being trampled to death for this exactly Think what I take well, away you from know. this. You do, you do. There's a defensive thing of it too. You want to know what's valuable in the areas that are near you. So, you know, people's recon teams, even if we weren't going to mine it, we want to know where somebody might plant something so that we know where they might be for a fight. Or, you know, there's, there's just a lot of complexity in this, uh, not just on the going to make money side, but where are we going to get a fight? Is someone going to drop an Athenor that we could shoot? Like there's a lot of it. And the groups that had recon teams that were prepped, practiced, had all their systems in place. You know, I think that went really quick. Uh, it was crazy to see the amount of stuff getting posted to Pastebin where people's hard work was available for free if you had a Pastebin scan. I just think it, it's one of those uh, examples of uh, where CCP is kind of missing out on an opportunity, right? To maybe add imperfect knowledge that maybe you could make scanning not perfect so you as you keep trying to prospect over time, oh, I hate, you will get I more hate and more you. information. I hate you. Don't even say these words. This it, is it's crazy. because it, it, it's not, 
it's 24 hours and all of the knowledge is now perfect that's that's a missed opportunity in my opinion so so eve isn't hard enough yet you have to no, make it's it not hard. about hard it's about adding some some longer perspective goals that if you keep going you get more and more better and better information instead of this perfect knowledge like right. instantly you, right you you yeah you you go unanchor uh, like five uh, structures and then scoop them and then move them to some other place and then you come back and tell me how much you want the moons to change all the time like it's just I such I a didn't say change. I said that you should that... not have perfect knowledge of how the composition is uni uh, universally right that's all i'm saying i'm saying you could add uh, a, a less um, perfect uh, knowledge on the valuation of your moons right i i, I can get that but you know, uh, this is a game of spreadsheets and uh, max minning, and so that's why they do this kind of thing. But uh, those of us that have to do some of the like alliance level logistics, just everything is getting more painful. And everyone on like the Reddit seems to think it's awesome that everything's more painful for the logistics people. So uh, I'm never not going to be frustrated about anchoring and onlining and all that. Yeah, it's just funny because the uh, the place where there is fog of war is in the market which in real world equivalent that's something that's perfectly available for everyone no fog of war at all whereas numbers on things like uh, resources and productivity and stuff like that that's not perfect knowledge that's always changing so we have a little bit of an upside down world in eve there's another right, killaby wants to talk about about spaceship pew 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 so let's talk about things getting blown the fuck up all right we'll switch over um this is it yeah Kill a bee. Hey, I heard that uh, an FCON super carrier or super capital pilot made a mistake this week. Sounds dubious. Could that be true? I mean, it was it was pretty like it was a pretty straightforward subcap sort of engagement where like Tri was I think Tri was there in like Ferox's or no Tri was in Loki's and FCON formed Ferox's to kill them. So there's a little bit of backstory to be told about this. Um, if you can open up McLeod, if you can open up the uh, staging constellation of FCON. In Immensia on Dotland, this dish staging system is called Vortec G. Um, basically, there's something very special about this constellation, which is um, it is it is basically behind a bottleneck or behind it, like an entrance. There's an entrance to the constellation, um, which is the uh, QE tech system. So what we did, uh, try and PL mostly, um, we have incapped all their jump bridges that lead out of their staging constellation or into their staging constellation. And we are basically forcing the FCON members to take that gate. And we've just been camping it 24 seven for the past, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks. So their members are getting really frustrated about not being able to get you know their stuff out of their own staging system or into their own staging system because we've been camping it all the time. They started using inties to travel around. We put smart bomb battleships on the gate. They started losing their inties. They're they're really frustrated, and uh, occasionally, Fcon forms up to like bust that gate camp, uh, and that's kind of what happened. What what this whole thing started. So Fcon formed up a Ferox fleet to bust the gate camp, and uh, try like sort of was there with like a little uh, shield Loki skirmish fleet or whatever to camp the gate, and they started fighting and. Um, well, basically try to like even out the numbers a little bit. Dropped a bunch of Hordreds onto the Ferox's, and then the FCON, like some FCON, I don't know if it was an FC or if it was a Corp, somebody in FCON decided it was a smart idea to like counter drop with some Dreads on their own and a Nyx and an Avatar. And then Tri obviously responded with a proper Dread Bomb, and yeah, well, FCON got kind of stumped. So 
um, yeah, that's basically what happened. It was pretty fun. I released some locks on Reddit yesterday. Huh? Can Hodreds really take on Feroxes? I mean, of course, yeah, easily, easily. If you look at uh, yesterday, DBRB uh, took a nice Ferox roam into Tino, and uh, I, I solo brawled his like 100 men Ferox fleet in my Vanquisher, and I had no problem tracking them at all. I, I killed them pretty hard, in fact. That's pretty, uh, pretty fun. I didn't get they to both range out. No, they they stayed at range. Like they didn't want to get bosoned, obviously. So DBRB stayed at like 70, 80 all the time. But even if you go to like 120, I would still hit you. So and that's kind of the max range a Ferox can go, depending on the fitting. So yeah, uh, Hordits have no problem at all killing Feroxes. So that's what happened to Fcon. And their member base is really uh, struggling at the moment. It's it's pretty fun to see or to watch if you're not part of it, I guess. Um, I've I've posted some logs of the. One of the command channels or leadership channels or whatever of FCON on Reddit yesterday, uh, where basically they're just debating about what's going wrong, why they're why they're losing the war that's currently going on in the south and and stuff like that. And um, it, it seems like their member base is really trying to figure out what's going on. To me, it seems like an information issue, whereas most of the people don't know what's going on, and that's why they're unhappy because they feel like they're just losing all the time. Whereas maybe it's not as bad as they think it is or something. It's kind of kind of weird. I notice that my alliance members sometimes get more negative in tone if if there isn't a lot of information flow. So lots of alliance meetings or or information flow seems to calm everything down. Yeah, I think it's important to keep your members informed of what's going on if you want them to understand why you're doing what you're doing. You can basically, I mean, if you do it right, you know the. Uh, can you get that linked? What the Reddit thing? Yeah, I can link that if uh, I can get permission to link stuff, or I can just link it in the channel and you can put it in the backstage. Link. Yeah, and then McLeod will stick it up there. As far as um, I know, he's the only one who can do it. I, I yeah. think, I think being able to like, if you do it right, you can basically sell your members whatever you want right now, I don't, without going too far into like the narrative kind of thing. But I think that the, uh, you know, looking at what. Basically, there's people in the game that are that are able to sell losses to their members as a victory. You can you can you can always spin it or turn it in a way to make it more uh, appealing to your member base. Obviously, if it's too much of a spin, then people will realize that. But I think if you play right with the information that you give your members and how you give them that information, you can you can never have the problems that Fcon is having right now. But it seems like they're having no real information flow at all, or the wrong information flow, and they're just struggling with that. So where is most of the action happening in New Eden right now? Is it's, all it in, it's all in the south, yeah. It's all, it's all around Curse, Catch, Amencia, Curse, Catch, Amencia, and then we have obviously the, well, that's all right, I was wrong, it's not all in, in the south, because you have that uh, GOTG invasion of drone of the drone lands in the north right now. Falls, yeah. Exactly, so you have, you, have these, you have these two hot spots in New Eden right now, basically. Uh, Paragon Falls with GOTG versus the drone uh, drone control unit or whatever they call themselves, and uh, then uh, DRF obviously coming up for uh, for assisting them in big timers. We had the huge brawl over that Sotio last week in uh, yeah. 83 Tech. That was a really really big brawl, and um, basically everybody turned up for that again. GOTG stood their ground. They lost a lot of battleships for sure, but uh, I I respect GOTG for being able to fight. I don't know. Lots of alliances. Basically, everybody was there besides, well, NCPL weren't there, but, you know, there was a lot of groups there shooting GOTG, and they managed to clear the objective and win the ISK war, even. 
Um, although they did lose a lot of battleships, yeah. So obviously, if you fight like a thousand people on your own, then you uh, you're gonna take some losses. So you have that going on in the north, and then you have all the content going on with FCON, Try, Test, Us, PL, uh, in the in the southeast, sort of with uh, around Curse Catch area, Immensia. Where it's mostly right now, there's a lot of uh, sovereignty timers going on. We we haven't had like a big, um, we haven't had like a big strategic sort of fight in a while. Um, we've mostly um, been doing uh, skirmishy stuff, like I said, the 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 constant gate camp of their of their, uh, you know, of their uh, in uh, staging constellation and then uh, reinforcing stuff and you know playing playing fuzzies off and all it's fun mostly being 400 interceptors roaming through constellations and killing each other occasionally uh, very engaging very yeah. uh, entertaining. there's lo- there's lots of stuff going on in catch and people jumping in and out of impasse there's lots of like good fighty type stuff going on but we're also witnessing a lot of the winter migration flocks of russian feroxes through catch which is always fun to deal with well there was a little pause too this week while people ran around in circles scanning moons um, and I don't think we saw any pause. Like people are fighting and shooting all over the place all the time in the South. I mean, uh, there has been huge, big engagements, but people are fighting every day. This talk of the blue donut. Uh, we don't see it. Where's brave newbies been running around, uh, in PVP. Well, catch is like the, you know, crossroads of the South. So people are always coming through looking for fights. And, uh, so catch is really the hot spot for, kind of uh, skirmish fighting like Killaby's talking about. And then impasse, we've trying to learn how to crab, not so successfully all the time. I think there was some, uh, I guess uh, Rourke got tackled and then a uh, hell came in to help it. And then Volta called on the Russians. And so a bunch of stuff got blown up uh, down in our ratting systems and impasse. So there's always that the wormholers are very good at finding us, uh, finding anyone who's ratting. So there's a lot of that going on. Oh, a dead ratting hell? That's like a Tuesday in Delve. I know. Well, it was one of these things where they jumped in to, quote, help. So, you know, people really, when people get tackled, what we want is faxes going in. But instead, the hell pilot decided they would come in and kill everything. And then it didn't go so well. So super super carriers and titans dying, by the way, has become so common that I did a little research on Z Killboard. And in, which is not completely accurate, but I did a little research. When was the last time we had a day that no super carriers or, or Titans died? And the answer, uh, where did I put that? September 19th, 19, 2017. So it's been, what, five weeks, six weeks since since we had a day with no super cap losses. Yeah, some, some, something to like, something to realize. So, I mean, you could you could use this. So, CCP would use this data, right? And they would be like, "Oh, you guys claimed that with Phoebe and with the, all these changes, there's not going to be any capital fights anymore. Look at how many supers have died. Well, 99% of those have died ratting. I'm not really sure if I would call that a fight because it's yeah. usually really easy. But you're that's right that PvP, obviously that's ganking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of a lot of supers dying and. You know, just yesterday we've had a really, really big capital brawl. So there is still capital brawls around. I think generally, um, people claiming most of the people claiming that Eve is dead or that there is no content in Eve are just too lazy to create the content. It's, it's still a problem because it requires way more effort to get um, get the same amount of content uh, or to get to the content that you that it would you back in the day, right? For example. Um, our average Proviop, 
right? And for let's say we reinforce something in Providence um, and we go over there. The in, in the old days, it would have taken us. We would have bridged once with subcaps. We would have bridged twice with subcaps, and we would have been in a destination system. We would have had our fight, and we would have bridged out again. We would have bridged again, and we would have been home. We had a 30-minute brawl. We would have had probably like 10, 15 minutes travel time. Now with fatigue, it is <clears throat> we have to gate about like six or seven jumps. We take a bridge. We take another two or three jumps. We have our fight for 30 minutes, and then we have to gate um, like. 15 jumps back because we don't want to stack up our fatigue. So we are still available for the remainder of the evening. And um, those 15 jumps, if you have caps, and obviously Providence likes, to, I think waterboarding is the flavor of the month again, where everybody's just waterboarding everyone as, when they when they can. So then you get waterboarded in every gate. Dictors can re keep reapproaching the gates with cloaks and bubbling up as much as they want. It's literally impossible to catch if they don't fuck up. And you you take like an hour to get back home or thirty minutes to get back home. So and let's, like, let's uh, remind our viewers what waterboarding is. Oh yeah, waterboarding is um, just having a couple of dictors chase your fleet around, and then whenever you take a gate, they jump with you. They bubble your fleet so you can warp off. And they just reapproach the gate with with their cloaks. They turn the MWDs on cloak, burn towards the gate, and you can't kill them because you can't lock them up. And then when they're on the gate at zero, they just jump through. When you jump through a gate, your bubble still remains active on the other side of that gate. So they can keep us bubbled without being present in system, without being able to be killed uh, for a quite amount of time. So then you have to, uh, you know, you have to bring bombers with your fleets to bomb the bubbles off, or you have to bring command destroyers with your fleet so you can boost the bubbles away. Uh, to be free, which is both viable options, but it's something that you have to prepare for. And if you have to boost a bubble off every single gate, it still takes you more time than it would to just, you know, bridge back. So like a an, an one hour fleet basically turns into Sister Bliss. How's the initiative been doing in the in the South this week? Uh, yeah, okay. It's, I mean, for us, it's it's pretty quiet right now. We're just gearing up. Sorry, I was I, uh, just coming halfway through the conversation. Um, yeah, it's been pretty quiet for us. We've just been dealing with uh, the post-patch stuff and, um, yeah, getting ready to go back on deployment. So looking forward to shooting stuff again very soon. You're not uh, out in a fleet right now, are you? Uh, I actually am just shooting some low session IO, which is not particularly exciting, but, yeah, uh, nothing, nothing, too, nothing too taxing. I'm so not surprised. I love it. I was yeah I was out last night in a fleet in a hurricane fleet we went just for fun we did a cheapy peacetime we're probably going to lose the fleet type thing um, through wormholes and we ended up in Declan and we're running around shooting things uh, and uh, we finished and just in like Killabee described we had to make our way back a very long way it was thirty jumps to our wormhole. Uh, and then the wormhole got us back to a convenient location. But 30 jumps in a hurricane is, you know, more than you really want to take on an average night unless you've been, you know, drinking or something. Uh, and uh, it's 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 slow sometimes. But we, you know, I don't know. That's what we chose to do for some reason. It's not like there isn't other forms of PvP closer. But that's where we went. I didn't want to self-destruct my hurricane because I got a kill mark. <laughs> Call me shallow. Uh, I just, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, usually with the actions in the south. And yeah, Catch is a great location. You, one of the, uh, my guys keep saying, oh, Carneros, take us out to Fountain. Let's go do something in Fountain. But there's something new going on in Fountain, isn't there? 
Sister Bliss, tell us what's going on in Fountain. Uh, uh, not a whole lot, really. I mean, uh, since culture um, left the area and uh, uh, vacated, I mean, we've just been taking it over and getting it set up and, um, yeah, just getting some of the the resident renters back and back and play and also just, uh, yeah, opening it up to more people who want to come and just grab a piece of, piece of space and make some misc and stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of largely administrative. And if anyone's interested, you can join the iRent channel and uh, see if there's anything for you. But no, it's been pretty... It's been pretty quiet over there, to be honest with you. Uh, I think we're all looking forward to to getting back into some combat ships and, and shooting some stuff. Yeah, the 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 channel, the in-game chat channel is called i.rent, I rent. And um we'll you can uh, hook yourself up with a your own vacation spot or home away from home in Fountain. It's lovely. Wait, are we making rent of, uh, commercials on the show? Yes, we are. And, All right. Let's uh, uh, let's also mention there's uh, some sweet rental space available in the north, including Tribute Vino. Oh well, Vino's NPC Tribute Tino, Veil of the Silent. Uh, you can all all you got to do is join We RMT Pub in game, yeah, and then rent spell that out. Spell that out. It's in. Uh, it's, uh, let me let me spell it out in We RMT uh, Pub. We RMT Pub. That's the in-game channel. It's uh, invasion proofed. Yeah, in CFC successfully or. Well, nice. they successfully deployed north and uh, tried to invade the space, but then they failed horribly. So uh, it's proof uh, against, well, the only other group that can rival us in the first place. So, yeah, you're very welcome to rent and uh, get the best space you want. Yeah, I think no one's interested in that anymore. I think uh, I think fans are that killer. Let's let's be clear. Oh, we'll see. Well, Lady Scarlet is a personal friend. I think I'm allowed to name drop her and. Uh, so I, I I don't mind at all mentioning her as well. So and that, and that nice, we RMT pub. Besides, you know, there occasionally there are wormholes up to that area, and we'll come and pay a visit to our old stomping grounds. There's a really good question in uh, in Twitch chat: Why rent in 2017? I have no idea, man. I have no idea why people rent. There are but total uh, other pl- options. Plenty of renting there are totally other there. options. Yeah. yeah, I think the 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 reason to rent in 2017 is. You want to play for yourself. You just all you want to do is rat and mine and play for yourself. Maybe you're you fancy yourself a little bit of an entrepreneur. You don't want a boss. You don't want to live that kind of life. You want to live your own life there. You can go do that. You if uh, hostiles come, there's no expectation that you have to form up against them. You could just dock up. Um, you don't have to do. Uh, you don't have to join CTAs. You don't have participation requirements. No one is going to look at you. All you have to do is pay your rent and go on with your life. But if you actually join uh, a Savnal Alliance, then you get a community, you get action, you get opportunities to go and join fleets. You get a lot of other things that uh, I think are more compelling than just having your personal freedom and time. It's a trade-off. Any of the rest of you have thoughts on that? I think there's a lot of industry renting that goes on as well. I mean, uh, you rent a system that has the characteristics you want. You put in your industry setups. You do all your construction, manage the price indexes, and all that kind of stuff. So there's, uh, I think, a significant amount of that goes on at the same time uh, on the industry side, which isn't about fighting, but uh, just maximizing the profit they can get. I think the logic is upside down. <laughs> they need people to actually work the space. So I don't think that the laborers should pay for 
the right to labor. Well, let's look at it. If you're going to look at it at that rate, let's think for a moment about alliance income. Uh, one, of, one of the things that the Bastion members like about the Bastion is being paid SRP, ship, ship replacement program. So PVPers who lose a ship can get their ship reimbursed out of Alliance funds. We made a, a pretty little uh, uh, web application that you paste in your fleet ping and you paste in your a link to your loss. And sure enough, about 24 hours later, you get a transfer into your fund with some ISK to pay for your lost ship. It encourages PVP action. Uh, PVP is good for EVE. So I believe that SRP is good for EVE. But up until Tuesday, we mostly paid for our PVP with moon mining proceeds, moon mining reaction proceeds in a combination. Now we lost our main income source. So we're doing things like taxing refineries and we're uh, taxing routers and we're looking around for things. Rental programs is one of the things you can do to fund your Alliance SRP. Uh, and that's, that's valuable uh, to encourage more SR, more PVP. I'm not sure what CCP's game design is these days. Uh, around how to fund an alliance, but that's an option. You need to put in costs and taxations in the uh, in terms between tiers of refining uh, items and uh, the whole ecosystem, right? So the equivalent to in uh, the feudal age that you would make your money on as a miller, not necessarily uh, by just grabbing everything from the laborers. So it's uh, it's in the uh, hardware actually put in there, so the structures, the refineries. I think that's why um, goons have a pretty decent idea about nationalizing uh, the structures uh, involved in uh, moon mining. Well, I mean, it's the the taxing in the refineries right now is so uh, just broad. It can be adjusted to, to allow, hey, if you're going to refine like asteroid minerals, you have one rate. If you're going to refine moon minerals, you have another rate. Same thing for reactions. If you're able to break that down, you'd be able to uh, get those rates a little better. Um, and that's just a uh, CCP probably it's hard to do. They didn't do that. They're counting on these mining ledgers and people sending bills in the mail and enforcers coming around and knocking on your door and AWOXing you. So I'm not too down with that, but I'd, I'd prefer more uh, nuanced control of taxes, and that'd be probably a, a good reaction to what's going on in Lifeblood and Alliance funding. <laughs> a little bit of a change of subject right now, but I got a poke from my uh, a logistics director who gave me a little bit of lore to go uh, about Lifeblood. I have to tell you this. This is, cracks me up. I did not know this. The word Tatara in Japanese is the name of the furnace used for smelting iron and steel. And oh, in course. alchemy, an athanor is a furnace used to provide a uniform and constant heat for alchemical digestion. I'm not surprised at something like this. Like all the name, all the names that CCP has come from something, right? There's no, as far as I know, there's no completely made up names. Uh, most of the ships are some, like for example, the Titans are all kind of goddess or like something, right? Like gods and shit. And then you have like the, uh, I mean, all the ores and minerals that they exist actually exist. Most of them exist in real as well. 
Uh, I'm not sure if they're like the same thing, but the names aren't like made up, so I'm not surprised that uh, it means something. I just think it's hard to spell, and sometimes I think the renaming is like completely unnecessary and just makes things more complicated. I'm still mad that they renamed Iteron Mark 1 to 5 to some shitty whatever it's called now. Like, why? Iteron Mark 1 to 5 was perfectly fine for me. I don't know why they have to call them Ocular, Vider, whatever. Like, can you just leave it as it is? What's the what's the deal? Well, the Iteron, well, the Iteron Mark 5 retains its old name, but the Marks 1 through 4 were renamed when all of the industrials were repurposed. So the entire Iteron series was no it was no longer just a progression of more expensive Iteron, bigger cargo bay. Now they were actually specialized to different things, so it made sense to give them new names. So people in the Twitch chat were talking about should you have to have SRP for people to go out and PvP? I think that's a pretty interesting topic. I know in Brave we've debated it back and forth, and the reality is we see that you get higher participation in SRP fleets. There's some people that are always going to fight, and there's other people that literally we can track, and they only fight when there's SRP. So I don't know what other groups find with SRP, but um, it's definitely a huge factor in larger alliances about funding SRP and what is SRPable. Well, you you want to encourage SRP. Uh, I'm sorry, PvP. That's part of the reason why they make adjustments to timers on structures. It's part of the reason why people are going to miss bosses when they're gone. Uh, you want to you want to do what you can to encourage it, and one of the things you can do is enable SRP. Purely math, you, if you add SRP to the picture, you get a higher participation rate in PvP. Well, Eve was working fine before SRP became standard. Just saying. Was it? Yeah, I think pretty, it's an pretty well. I think it's a it's a habitual thing. People have gotten used to getting things for free and. I don't think that at least, of course, some SRP might be still needed, at least for uh, what you would call basic uh, warfare. But the high-end SRP I've always thought was a little bit of a of a problem because it just proves that uh, a lot of stuff has become too easy. The problem is when you when you make your alliances depending on SRP, which is what happens when you introduce SRP in the first place. Like even though you, it's not your goal to make people like addicted to SRP, but they will be. And if there, if your alliance is ever in a position where you can't provide that SRP anymore, let's say you've been pushed out of your space, you're uh, losing all your alliance income, you can't afford SRP anymore, you have to cancel it, you will just not be able to form fleets anymore because people are like, well, there used to be 100% SRP on my ship, now there isn't, so I'm just I'm not going to join. It's one of the reasons why uh, if, we... If I may, Killer, I know that it's, it's it's a topic that might be a little bit boring for some people, but I would actually like to see CCP introduce uh, corporate-governed uh, um, insurance, so contracts that you can actually use instead of SRP. So the cost and all that is just going into the coffers of uh, the corporations. I would like that in-game, yeah. I think that would be nice if there would be an in-game option for SRP. Um, I know like that Quan has contract. kind of talked about something like that. It's just how to implement it and make sure that it's not abused. Yeah, the, it is true that it does have a it does have a big impact if you if you have SRP and then turn it off. Uh, I remember when uh, the Bastion lost our space in Vale of the Silent and retreated to Serenin. At one point, uh, funds were low, and I 
sold a personal Nix to be able to fund SRP for a month. And that it's uh, that kind of kind of stuff, hard decisions you have to make and hard decisions are part of Eve. Uh, and, and now it's a fun story to tell later. And I personally hope that we will see a point where the extreme high-end stuff is not SRP, but everything else still is. So you can still have proper PvP, but it's more balanced. I, I've always found the whole bling fleets a little bit uh, crazy that they get SRP. It's, it just shows that the old economy of, of passive income was way too high and way too much easy mode. And it's the same with the cost of uh, uh, supers and titans just dropping uh, to like half of the original price, right? If you spend well, a if you spend a year building a Titan, you know, working up all the stuff and building it yourself and fitting it and getting getting it ready, it can be scary, depending on your personal psychological makeup, to get in that ship and jump into a fleet and trust your fleet mates to protect you and go out there and PvP. Uh, it's uh, if you lose it, it's a lot of work to replace it. I think it's really depending on what kind of players you have in your alliance because at that point let's assume you're assume you're like taking your super out in a fleet with an fc that is you know allowed or capable of seeing supers um not i think not trusting that guy or like requesting srp to join that fleet is it for to me personally coming from basically my entire my entire history of alliances haven't had any srp mostly um and I, for me, it's a, for me, it's a silly thought. I think people should join without SRP, and then they can, you know, I would rather pay or reward people that do a good job than making like getting them used to it or whatever. It just makes people like, like I said, if there's no more SRP, they don't join or whatever. I don't think it should be, it should be an adding a factor whether or not I'm going to join that fleet if there's SRP or not. And I, I always think it's funny when I see other alliances. As soon as the FC pings, well, this fleet doesn't have SRP because it's a fun roam. He gets like 10 guys, and then he's like, oh, shit, I need more 10 guys. And he's like, all right, guys, there'll be SRP, and suddenly it's like 50. And I'm like, well, whatever, dude. Like, I haven't that's seen that. But well, how would you reward time. someone that did a good job? Well, we, we reward plenty of people that do a good job. There's easy, like, I mean, we don't have paplings in PL, but I know there's basically all other alliances, bigger alliances have paplings or some sort, participation trackers you could you could reward people for having a good participation or what we do is we we reward our people for being good scouts good probers good people that find a lot of wormholes um we have a couple of guys that have been scouting and helping us helping the fc team for the last months down here and just a couple of weeks ago we gave the top contributors uh, a year of plex each for example that they can sub their accounts for one year without having to pay for it. We just gave them that. We paid it for with the alliance. That's how the, we reward our people for being uh, being helpful and participating. That qualifies there, as a reward. Yeah, there's 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 lots of ways. Like Plex is great and nice, but some of us poor alliances. It's just simply after a fleet, the FC can ask everyone to tip the lodgy or tip the dictors or tip the people who did the extra work in the fleet, and it works out pretty well. Even if they didn't lose something they're being recognized by their alliance mates. Um, so there's lots of ways to do it. Um, it's not hard. But again, if you're joining an alliance because of SRP and not because of the cultures for you, well, you're probably making a bad decision. You really want the culture of what you're joining to be the way you want to fly. Yep, completely agree. How does the initiative uh, recognize a good contribution? 
Uh, we didn't really have a formal mechanism like PAPS or anything like that, uh, although we do just kind of look at it over time. I, I don't like freaking out about it if there's a corp who's not participating every now and again, but just kind of look at it on average and you can you can kind of spot the people who aren't showing up and who are showing up. So we just kind of deal with it informally like that. We don't really have a, a formal clipboard type thing or anything. So, uh, yeah, we just kind of... We just kind of did that way. Um, I mean, we could probably do some better tooling, and we, you know, um, but um, yeah, there's a risk if you go down, you know, hardcore tooling, then it starts getting a bit too, uh, a bit too administrative and too prescriptive. So it's kind of easy to see who's who's participating, who isn't. All right. Uh, any anywhere else PVP is uh, is occurring in the south right now? What's going on in catch? Um, I mean, what are the main objectives going on? Is that just Oh, let's roam through and shoot whatever we catch on a gate. I don't. I don't think there's any big objectives. Uh, Legacy Coalition is bringing in some new members, getting them established, doing all the in, intosising, friendly intosising, transfer of structures. That's what's going on, and then people run through because it's the crossroads. Um, so we're always fighting people traveling through from all different flavors, uh, usually good fights. Um, but I don't think there's a big objective right now. Like I said before, the Russians, it's wintertime, so they're trying to migrate uh, out of stain. So we're always dealing with uh, some attempt from them to take some space and uh, come back into catch. But that's there's no huge thing going on in catch right now. It's just nightly good fights. Test is on a holy purge to remove all non-test-friendly structures from catch. And they've uh, managed to kill two, I think two, Forts are so far that we've gotten from one one of the forts we didn't even know they existed until they reinforced it the BTEC X one because uh, when CO two died, um, GigX sort of because we came over for like uh, in in reinforcement time or once in impasse when when the whole CO two coup was going on we came over once with a PL fleet and shot uh, shot tests and shot goons and um, he was like really grateful GigX was really grateful for that so as like a last thing he did. Or he told his directors to do before before C two kind of closed their doors. Uh, they transferred us a bunch of Fortisars for free. Like they just gave us a bunch of forts in a couple of systems and catch that they had laying around. They gave some to NC dot, some to us. And um, the test has been uh, been working hard to uh, remove these. Um, so that's 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 kind of happening in, in catch. And apart from that, yeah, what what Dinkle said, there's not uh, there's not really there's lots of roaming. There's a, all the stream of fleets that are happening. Like Beyond B is taking out fleets quite often that uh, come up here and that you can fight with. And there's plenty of Romans going on and stuff. There's nothing, no big major. Uh, I guess catch doesn't really matter in terms of war, uh, in terms of the war that's going on with Tri and Afcon and Co. Uh, catch is sort of just uh, the staging point for a lot of alliances. And uh, therefore, there's some skirmishes going on, but there's no major stuff happening in catch itself. It's just around catch. And and in MT, MTO2 Tac 2 in Paragon Falls is still a hot spot as well. And that whole that constellation and that area is seeing a lot of interaction in a different time zone, though. That's sort of more uh, AU slash Russian slash early European time zone. Yes, um, that's correct. Stuff going on up there as well. It's kind of interesting because the North has a section and the South has a section of PVP going on. But it's also separated in time of day. The the north happens a little earlier in the day. The south happens a little bit later in the day. If you're really good and uh, um, if you're un, 
unemployed and have lots of alts, you could participate in all of it. Just send people all over the place. Uh, and we we sometimes see that uh, our guys that aren't getting a lot of time zone action in their time zone are going up to just like uh, third party and um, observe and plink off people who are uh, participating in the North, even though they don't have any actual skin in that game. So that's that's kind of that and the lifeblood transition is what's really going on in the game at the moment. Um, we're coming down towards the end of our show. Is there is there anything any of the guests and staff wanted to talk about this time? I'm just looking through Twitch chat, see if Twitch has any questions. We've got some player meetups coming up. It looks yep, like since we started the podcast, a uh, Tatara sold for twenty billion, which is exciting wow. industry news. Mazel Tov, was that yours, Killa? Um, no, I don't think so. No. Ah, shit. Oh, well, okay. And yes, Eve's the dam is coming up, and uh, I am personally flying out Thursday, so uh, it's going to be good. Nice. And we've got a Houston meetup, and there's EVNT London. All right. Um, there's a question here. With moons being rearranged, do major alliances have plans to move around to adjust in turn, uh, creating more content? Um, can I answer that? Is that Go still in it. the window? Go for it. I see it. Go for All it. All right. Um, so... The question, um, I don't think there's going to be major movement. Um, so far, most of the scans that we've collected, which is most of the scans over New Eden, um, there's no significant change in terms of what the region values are. Some some regions have lost a lot in value. Some regions have gained a little bit in value. But there's no um, big, big things going on, especially because... It looks like there's a pattern because you know obviously CCP said yeah it's random the moon the moon like the 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 way we sp spread the moons over Noeden is random but obviously they use the seed which means there's some sort of pattern in how it's being seeded and um, it's very notable that all the regions that are close or that I guess the the easiest way to say it is the more dangerous the region is quote unquote the more valuable moons you have in there. So there's a very clear pattern that the regions that are deep in zero zero have less valuable moons than the regions that are close to Losek, for example, or that have NPC space within them or NPC regions themselves. There's a surprising amount of R64s, for example, in Providence. There's like a lot of value, very valuable moons in Providence because it is um, right next to NPC space. It is right next to Losek. And also in the north, it's very notable that most uh, there's more valuable moons, for example, in tribute than there is in Tinal. So um, yeah, I, I I don't expect a lot of movement from alliances. Um, I think people will work with what they've got, and I think that's good enough. I think if you play it right with these moons, if you have large enough of a mining operation going on, if you have enough ships available, you can make very good money with these moons if you are willing to put in the effort. And internally in uh, control space things will shift around a bit, right? Like you hinted at with uh, the guy in, uh, in PL Killer uh, that's shifting his activities onto moon mining instead of uh, mining anomalies, right? Yes, yes. So he's basically going to swap from mining colossals to just mining moon after moon after moon. He's probably going to set his 70 moons up that way that he he's kind of chaining them, right? So that he can just go from one, one moon to the next moon to the next moon and then that, that'll make him a lot of money. And he doesn't have to mine Mercoxit. Should be cool. 
So there's some uh, numbers that need to be crunched, right, for the industrialist types. They need to figure out where to move their operations, but it's most likely going to stay inside the borders, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard any rumors of any alliances moving. Uh, that would be that would be something I wouldn't expect right now. I think people are just um, uh, digging in and reacting to lifeblood, seeing what's happening, thinking a little bit ahead to their winter plans, um, trying to keep their PvP players happy, trying to get their PvE players set up, trying to rebuild their incomes or or watch what's happening to them. But doesn't we don't we have a chance of seeing more things like disruption, especially asking someone like Sister Blitz that you can kind of stage into hostile territory and, and disrupt things when it comes to structures and uh, mining operations. You can do. You can do. Oh, I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of uh, people out hunting mining operations to go catch rolls and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be a content driver, hopefully, that uh, people are looking around for where the moon mining is happening and dropping in on them. I'm not sure that's any different than it has been. Uh, up until now, though, it's. Oh, I, do, I do, I do, I do think it's pretty different because they're moving around, and you're going to have to tell your people where to go mine, and that information is going to leak with a timer, and so people are going to know they're going to be in this system on this moon at this time, and uh, I, I think it's going to lead to some fights that escalate really quickly, especially if some of the rockwalls get tackled. Uh, it's a different situation than. This is their mining system. This is where they always are, and here's their defenses around it. I think it's going to change things up a lot, and it's going to lead to more fights over this kind of mining stuff. Okay. All right. Let's. Um, I'm going to say a couple words of thank you to our participants today and our contributors. Uh, if you, by the way, this podcast will be available uh, afterwards. It'll be on SoundCloud. I subscribe to it on the iTunes. Uh, uh, system, and so I get it on my phone and listen to it in the car on my way to work. Uh, there, this will be. Uh, by the way, if you want to support it, you can support it at Patreon.matter/matterall. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com/slash-m-a-t-t-e-r-a-l-l. Thank you for your support. Matterall will be back next week to uh, host again. I don't know for sure, but I think we might be talking about recent Eve history again. I hope um, not, because that's where I'm an Eve Saddam, and I want it to be on that show. So, ah, damn. We'll see. Okay, maybe we can not. push it back a week. There's a whole bunch for Lifeblood that hasn't been talked about yet. We haven't talked about Greece to shipyards. We haven't talked about forward mining bases. We haven't talked about resource wars. We haven't. There's a whole bunch of stuff yet. Uh, but so maybe it'll be the following week. Uh, are there any folks who want to give a shout out? Hmm. Yeah, shout out to uh, to the scanning bros, I guess. All the people that have been busy scanning and shit. Uh, you guys have done uh, pretty amazing work, and well, I, I think that's that's great. Amen. Uh, shout out to my fellow members of the education department at Eve University. Uh, they've been putting in a lot of effort to standardize our curriculum. And we now have a set of so-called core classes. Yay. And now I'll do a shout out to the brave uh, recon teams and industry people that have been trying to get ready for this patch. And also, uh, if you're not on the tweet fleet Slack, the people in structures and industry, uh, it's really helpful. Uh, 
learning from everybody else learning how to do this stuff. So shout out to the tweet people in Slack as well. Uh, shout out to Pando for putting in the hard work of managing a, a rental program in Fountain. Shout out to uh, uh, some of the uh, Bastion guys who are working hard on setting up Athenors as we speak. And thank you again, everyone. We will see you next week, 1500 Universal Time, on twitch.tv slash Imperium News for another episode of Talking in Stations. Thank you very much. Carneros out. <laughs>